You know what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach Ooh, yeah. Yes we do, we've got soul training this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I don't know when this will air exactly, but going into this, one of my favorite weeks of the year being Thanksgiving. And I'm thankful for soul training. I'm thankful for Joe. I'm thankful for Daniel. But I'm also thankful for turkey and dressing and gravy and mashed potatoes and yeast rolls. Yeah, this opportunity to talk turkey. I did. It's yeah. uh makes me gobble a little bit. <laughs> uh but you know, I sometimes get two plates. I mean, not in each hand, yeah, but, but sometimes. Re, but reinforce. It's kind of like a do like double springs, yeah. like leaf springs. I'll get an extra extra plate to support those. So. Oh, I thought you meant two two trips. I, I wouldn't think no. about two plates. No, sometimes it's right. handy to have Very a second tray because if you're going through and you see something else you want, you just pull it out. And That's you're, true. You've already got it there. So, do you like the the uh, plates that are compartmentalized? Are you like? No. Big open section you can just put what you want to. I don't like walls. No. No. I want uh everybody to be blended. I want all the on potatoes, peas, everything. You know, I want to enjoy it all. See, my wife doesn't want her food touching. Really? Nope. She doesn't like that at all. That'll ruin her day if her food's touching. That's the way yeah. I was when I was younger, but uh, I grew out of that and I don't mind now. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't either. I don't care if my food's touching. I mean, I, not that I don't care about your comment. Yeah, yeah I do care about that. I, <laughs> I care about yeah. both. I, guess. I do. My OCD doesn't allow me to. I do have to eat it in a certain order most of the time. Or I like whatever I want first. And then I always, what's less fun, I eat it last. You know what? I kind of do that. Not mm-hmm. on purpose. Um, but if, if, well, we're using a Thanksgiving analogy. I won't go mashed potatoes, turkey, green beans, turkey. I'll go, I'll eat most of my mashed potatoes, then I'll move on to the next thing. See, I do just the opposite. I save what I'm looking forward to the most till the end. and But that uh, that has got me in trouble before eating at uh, certain people's houses that, you know, those old country cooks that they, they like to to really heap up your, your plate for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, like, why I'm in, that's how I ended up like this. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'd, I'd eat the thing I was really least looking forward to the most first, and then I'd say, oh, you must really like that. Here, you need some more, and pile it up, and I never could make progress around my plate. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Never, You couldn't make, just couldn't do it because you couldn't break the cycle. Yeah, yeah. I've learned if you don't, I never want to offend anybody, so you don't want to offend anybody by not eating. Mm-hmm. So I always will make everybody happy. So I, Well, I tell I, you, <clears throat> my interest is peaked because I want to see how you tie this into our subject matter today. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, it has, you know, you can tie any type of food in with uh, like a potluck mm-hmm. at church. Like so, when a meal's dwindling down, you want to revitalize it? I do. Well, that, and then, uh, you know, what are we famous for? We're famous for fellowship meals, potlucks, Uh right? And uh, churches of any size can do that. Salvation. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too. (laughs) But, yeah, that was, I was getting to that. But I was thinking about what we're known, you know, for fellowship and and those, you know, big long tables and things like that. Uh, But it does relate to things that the churches are, the church is known for, churches of Christ is known for, is putting the Bible 
you know, first and foremost as a, a guide of instruction and to be followed. And I prompted, I guess, this podcast talking to you all. And I think Joe kind of grew the idea uh, of what's happening to maybe congregations uh, who are dwindling. And, you know, I never really paid that much attention to it probably until the last five or 10 years. So we were going to you know, I think it's going to take more than a, a potluck meal to revitalize some places or to keep places going because that's not what we're about. We're about sharing Christ outside of these buildings and outside of these walls. So there's my tie-in, Joe. Well, there's so, your tie And you did so. an excellent job. And my, um, I guess my desired outcome from this podcast is if you happen to attend a congregation that your numbers aren't what they used to be, um, <clears throat> maybe that energy's not there like it used to be. Uh, my desire is that you understand it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to go fade away and the church building eventually lock its doors and the members disperse to other congregations. It doesn't have to be like that. So that's what I'm hoping to get out of this um, episode is maybe some ways we can show folks out there that might be going to congregations they feel may be dying um, that they don't have to die that slow death. Right. Well, I think one of the, if, if you're in a congregation like that, then the first thing you've got to do is kind of have a, a heart-to-heart with the membership of the congregation about do you actually want to turn around and start growing again? And that's not an obvious question. <clears throat> I mean, your gut reaction will be like, yeah, of course, we, we want to start growing again. But do you really? Because that means things are going to change. That means there's going to be some things that may be uncomfortable. New people come in. They're not just numbers. They're new people. And they have their own baggage. They have their own opinions. And so if you're in a, a sleepy little congregation. Well, they also have their own talents. They have their own talents, yes. So growth ultimately, yes, is as much uh, to be preferred, but the reason I say that you need to actually ask the question is so that you know you've counted the cost on that. You know, a sleepy little congregation that's dwindling can be a very comfortable place. Nothing's changing. People are close. There's a sense of family. A lot of times people are related, literally, and there's there's lots of control for the people that have always been there. But if you're going to actually turn things around, that means that you're going to have to embrace doing some things that are different in some way, I'm not talking about doctrinally changing anything, but you got to do something different than you've always done if you're going to expect to have results that are different from what you've always had. I, I can't think of the uh, the book, but it was a business marketing type book a few years ago that uh, came out. It's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And I probably have butchered that title. But the point is, is that um, you got to do like you said, you got to create awareness. You got to have awareness and you got to make some changes. Actually, I was introduced to that book because I worked with a, a guidance counselor years ago, who's now retired. But anyway, she was kind of put on a corrective action plan that she needed to step up her, her game and to, to be a better, better in her role. And I remember that the higher ups at that time assigned her that book to read and she didn't, wasn't doing a bad job, but anyway, I guess they felt like she needed to kind of tighten some things up. And so it was, I just remember saying, she told me that she, that was one of her assignments was to read what got you here. Won't get you there. Meaning that you got to make some changes. And I guess for me, 
you know, before I talk real quick, super quick about leadership is, you know, in our little community in the Southeast United States, that there are tons and tons of little congregations that are dwindling. And I don't think it's really anything doctrinally that anybody's done wrong. Right. I call it my country store theory. You know, I live in a little community in our county and it's, it has a cemetery, a church, used to have a store. And at one time it had a school. But as the world's gotten smaller and people are more transient, then there's no need for all those things in those little communities. And so people are coming to town. You know, the, the country store closed, the school closed, and, you know, the church that's is still there. But it's when it falls into that category of people struggling a little bit. And I think it becomes a, a mindset, and then people buy into that mindset, then they get kind of depressed like, well, I show up, now there's 40 people, so we must be doing something wrong. There's 30 mm-hmm. people, there's 20 people. And so I think you have to be careful with that. So before I pass the ball to, to one of you all, I guess uh, if you find yourself in one of those situations, you know, I like what you said, that you've got to ask the question and look inwardly and look in the mirror metaphorically. Do we really want to turn things around? And if you do, I think it starts with leadership. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But I think because everything rolls downhill. I mean, you got to look. Even if you don't have elders, there's somebody that's leading, and then you got to have those conversations. Because I think it, you got to start with leadership. Uh, yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> I don't want to put everything on leadership's shoulders, though, because if there's a congregation, that means there's going to be folks attending that aren't part of the formal leadership there. Right. And everyone was given the Great Commission. Right, and so um, I think I think there takes uh, some. Well, Daniel mentioned the word comfortable a second ago. Everybody needs to get out of their comfort zone if you're in one of those places. Everyone needs to start inviting people. Everyone needs to start. This is what we all should be doing, anyhow. Start trying to have Bible studies and things like that. Uh, let let the folks that you work with, the folks that you're related to. Let them see Christ in you and how passionate you are about worshiping there. There's something contagious about a smile. And so mm-hmm. if whenever you're talking about your congregation, Alan's smiling at me now. If there's a, you're talking about your congregation or talking about Christ, smile while doing that. Uh, don't, let's don't complain about how things are going. Let's look for ways to make things better. Yeah, and never can, complain about your congregation to people outside your congregation. Yeah. Well, you, you don't want— you want to you want to put your best foot forward because you're always making an impression on somebody, whether you're meaning to or not. We're so, all influencers. That's right. Everybody, <clears throat> for good or for bad. And and I don't want to you know talk about the way things used to be, but you know I've heard generations of people before me talk about uh, cottage meetings. That what I've gathered from that is is like if you lived on a city street or in your subdivision, then you would slowly you know. Of course, I live out in the country, but I still have neighbors. Is that I would set up a one, two nights a month and go to my neighbors and say, "Hey, come to my house, and we're going to we'll have a meal together. I'd like to have just a little Bible study." So you would kind of create your own outreach program in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just have always read and been told that that's how the church in the U.S. began to really explode in the '40s and '50s. Is you had, like Joe said, you had team members or the body who didn't put it all on the preacher or the leadership mm-hmm. that they went out and they had the Jewel Mueller. I'm probably it's Jewel Miller. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, not Mueller. Jewel Miller. Mueller. Miller. Mueller. I'm thinking about Ferris Mueller. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mueller. <laughs> Got to be his nephew. But uh, Jewel Miller film strips. 
and uh, that they would go out and, and just wear those out. And and I'm thinking, you know, I need to do more of that myself. So I think it goes – I think you go back to the pattern too, you know, of Acts 6, people choosing to serve. Uh, and and leading up to this podcast, I, I've been told by multiple people – that I sometimes, and I don't mean to, I say too much. So I don't think no. Any, no, I, I don't think any of the three of us are trying to say, here's how you fix your problems. That's right. Because yeah. we've got our own set of problems. We all have got problems. But I do think, uh, you know, I'll share this one little anecdote, and then I'll pass the ball to or to you all. It's football season still. And uh, But when I went, and Daniel is a missionary, I mean, you've talked about how much money is just, uh, I'm not, I'll just use this word, spent. Mm-hmm. in the U.S. on buildings, facilities, uh, physical plant, all of those things in the U.S., whereas in Tanzania, where you work a lot, not so. But the church is still thriving and working and growing and prospering uh, because I went and Joe and I went to Panama and Central America in 2012, and I came back just emotional. I felt guilty. I felt guilty when I came back, and I remember I was a little emotional that how much money I feel like that uh, we had spent, I'll use that Mm -hmm. word, not wasted, but spent on buildings and heating and cooling and carpet and paint and all those things. But yet in Central America, we were were on fire every day. there was a cultural difference there, too. Um, But it still taught me that you don't. You don't, and they're not necessary. Um, But, yeah, you're right. I, I was looking at this website. We shared several articles uh, amongst us preparing for this, but whenever you're talking about um, the cottage meetings, one of the things in here that on this one uh, website, churchanswers.com, and now this is just a website we found that had a couple of good tips. I'm not endorsing this website. It's not members of the Lord's Church. Um, but one of the things he said in here is that, when churches die, they sit around desiring return to return to the good old days, the and glory days of the fifties and sixties when people wanted to learn the Bible. Well, you know, don't have that attitude. Have the attitude of we're in a special time in history right now, where I and I have made Facebook friends with some of Daniel's Daniel's actual friends in Tanzania. When uh, there hadn't been another time in history where I, at the click of a button, can learn about one of the guys he's been working with in Tanzania, mm-hmm. and so if you can do that, you can also connect with people around here fairly easily, um, and and share scripture, share soul training podcast, and different things like that to maybe help evangelize. You don't necessarily have to have the Jewel Miller film strips, which I've never seen, by the way. I've heard a lot about them. Uh, but we we have our own own ways of doing things. We don't have to look back to the good old days. Uh, these could very well be the good old days. It escapes me. It's, it's almost like a a twilight zone uh, point I'm trying to make. But I, for some, I think in the U.S., I'm thinking about people that I know and friend, and, and maybe even an attitude that I've had sometimes that we equate with our structures and the uh, population. The Keith Parker calls it the scoreboard with success Mm -hmm. and then i think as as people move away and people go different places for different reasons then as that number gets smaller i think people i think 
they, it becomes an attitude that, well, we have failed. Well, the church is failing. Well, now we have failed. Now the community's failing. And then all these, but I just think it goes back, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but I just think people are going other places because not only of convenience, but also doctrinally, but also, you know, people are gravitating, you know, uh, towards, the, I think all generations of the church are important. But, uh, you know, I know for us, the reason why we chose this congregation is our children. I wanted our children to be part of a strong Bible curriculum, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I guess I would say to people who are struggling with their membership number-wise is to maybe look at how we can do more outreach. You know, what can we do to attract those younger folks? Because now that I'm on this side of it, it's taken. I've realized that, uh, you know, whether you're talking about college sports or the church, especially it's a young man, young woman's you know, game maybe. And and I'm cool. I'm secure in that. I mean, I'm to the point where, Hey, I, I want you to reply. I want somebody to replace me. So say Mm -hmm. that again. You said the church is a young, young man, young woman's, uh, well, see, I disagree from from a, from a growth standpoint. Not, not, not so. I mean, you want to attract, I'm, you know, on the average as well. That's what attracts people to bigger congregations is they want that fellowship, I guess. I think that's a misconception. Because people of every age need the gospel, and people sure. of every age need Jesus, and so everybody wants to have that. Um, I was just thinking about all this. this is, I think this is our first public disagree. Well, that we've recorded first yeah. public. I was just thinking about just for, in terms of, of growth, because you, you typically, you know, like we are. We had two kids. It was me and my wife, and we were younger, and and so we wanted to partner. So we invited other younger couples who had multiple kids. So you don't just get a couple. A Man and wife, you get. Yeah, well, I'm going to disagree with you on that, Daniel. What do you think? Be the be the tiebreaker here. Well, I think that uh, balanced growth requires intergener- intergenerational relationships, and you need, you know, the the older man teaching the younger men, the older women teaching the younger women, and you. Th- so I think you're both right. <laughs> I think I think we, if there's going to be real growth, mature balanced growth. It, it's going to be cross-generational. Uh, Something that a lot of these congregations have in common that are in this uh, unfortunate situation, like like was mentioned earlier, is kind of the, an obsession with the— buildings. Well, yeah, the buildings. But I was going to say the, the glory days, the way things used to be. These are congregations that have had a prime, <clears throat> and they've, they've come down off their prime. And so— what their memories are about of when things were successful are in a context that no longer exists. Their memories of successful evangelism and all of that stuff was in 1985, in 1970. So if, if the world would go back contextually to that, then they're ready to, to take advantage of that. But that's not where we're at, and we're not going to be there. Um, so what, what I would suggest to a congregation that if you feel like you're congregation is dying let me just say it that that extreme you you feel like you're that's the direction you're headed you're not just in a rut but you're you're dying is let's go ahead and get together as a congregation and 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 look at it as if okay this congregation give me a, a generic congregation name so we can work with it um main well, david Leip always talks about uh is it is it chicken bristle? Chicken bristle? No, that's not right. <laughs> okay. Bula Bula. Yeah, Bula Bula. Bula that's Bula. Right, yeah. Bula Bula. Okay. I, I don't know the good that, brethren of Bula Bula, so I, I don't want to be picking on them. But, yeah, isn't it? Um, Bula Bula. That, 
Sure, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> Just so, go with it. Yeah. All right. So the Boom Boom Church Christ, and I am deeply sorry for if there is a Boom Boom Church Christ. And, <laughs> We're getting some but, mail now. That's right. Yeah. Um, but so the Boom Boom Church Christ is they're they're down to you know let's say twenty members, and they're the pastor glory days. They feel like they're dying. My suggestion would be, all right, let's get together and let's say, all right, the Boom Boom Church Christ is. Is is dead? It's had its it's had its time and did some great things. It's dead. We got twenty members here. Let's have a new church plant right here. We already have a a church building. Fortunately, now let's look at it as if this is a new church plant because a new church plant is statistically much easier to grow than revitalizing old congregation. So that's what you got to do. So bury just, the old congregation. Let's start a new one. But with those same twenty people. With those same twenty people, but with a different mindset. Not hanging on to what we've done. Now we got to question everything, not doctrinally, not doctrinally. Question everything practically that we're doing. What would we do if we're starting from ground zero to reach this community? And start with there and build it up with that goal. Yeah, I think what you're you're talking about makes me think of our discussion with Matt Cook from a few episodes ago about intentionality, mm-hmm. coming up with a plan, an intentional plan to go out and grow. And, um, you know, one of, one of the things we, I, I made a comment about it on our group text. Number five. Number five yeah, on like. one, one of the articles. It says one of the, one of the problems that people, churches have when they're dying is that they focus internally only instead of externally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you need to focus internally. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to grow if you don't, spread the word outside of the walls of the building. You got to go out and reach your community. Right. I, I don't know if y'all are, you know, sometimes I get shocked when people tell me that they read a bulletin article I wrote. Sometimes a little shocking. <laughs> you write bulletin articles? I, yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. So listen, I'm coming up on eight years where I can send you some stuff oh, okay. that I've written. I'll keep, but, I'll keep an eye out. Uh, a few, a few months ago I, I'd written a little article and it was just entitled, uh, they just don't come here anymore. I think that was the title. But uh, the point is, is that I went to visit a smaller congregation, and there was an older man who, uh, during Bible class, he turned around and saw all the some of the. They apparently that day they had probably eight or ten teens there, which I thought was great. And he told me afterwards, he said, "I would have fifteen or twenty in class in the seventies when I taught here." And he just stared off, and he was as sincere as he could be. He wasn't. You know, he was just very sincere. He said, they just don't come anymore. And so I started using that hook as a, an article title or starter. And uh, in that my research uh, and that helped me write the article, I talked about, like, from a business standpoint, you know, exponentially the last 20, 30, 40 years, if your business had decreased 10, 20, 30, 40, 50%, you wouldn't wait for it to get that far. You know, we have, if you owned a business and you, if that was your livelihood, you wouldn't wait till you got down to, you know, 10% of your bottom line. You would have started something a long time ago. So I, I posed the question, how come the church, you know, I, I think, well, and that's what I was talking about earlier. And I kind of, that kind of bleeds over into sheep swapping. I mean, and that's where I was talking about young people. And you're right. I, I love people of all ages disclaimer share that make sure you turn that one up real loud but uh you know and our we're part of what i would call a mid-sized upper mid-sized congregation but i think we have to ask ourselves have we really added 
people to the church or we or have we just enrolled them? Have we had organic growth or I, have we I think we've just enrolled a lot of younger people, which I'm thankful for from other congregations, those young marrieds with soon to be having kids or kids because we've developed this culture where we are so focused on our youth. That's where everybody wants to be. So that's what I, that's the, where I was going earlier is that you get a mom and a dad and two and three, four kids because this is the place they're really focused on the Bible curriculum. They're really, and then that pull, then you pull that. It's almost like a brain drain. You pull that from these other little smaller congregations and you just keep draining that and they keep coming here. But then do we have a false sense of success? Like, yeah, we're really growing. There's no net growth. There's yeah. Yes. On number wise, we are growing, but but the kingdom is we're really just enrolling people. We're really not just growing people. So we've got a few minutes left. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, it makes sense that Alan only wants young people to. I got no, it. I was <laughs> no. Got it. Who's going to bring the candy? Damn <laughs> that's, that's right. Dan, did you have something you were about to say? <laughs> oh, well, while while you're thinking, I was going to give some. Uh, I don't know if these are. At one point, I had a segment that aired one time called Joe's Tips for a Happy Life. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't remember it at you all. You don't remember that? No. Well. That's why the segment ha- aired once. Really? It, it evidently was, was very it was about as popular as my about <laughs> as popular as my bulletin article sounds like. <laughs> yeah, but so we'll call this Joe's tips for a happy church growing uh, for a growing church. In my past, I remember I've attended places before when I was younger, when um, <clears throat> people still wanted me to attend there. Um, whenever I was younger and visiting congregation, I remember going to this one place. And I was by myself, and I walked in on a Sunday morning, and in the way I recollect this is it was, it was in the winter. It felt cold in there. They didn't have all of their lights on. N- not many people said anything to me. Mm-hmm. It was just there was no energy, and there was maybe twenty people there, and I was by far the youngest, and there just it just wasn't inviting. So. I guess my tip would be look around, make sure that you have a welcoming um, place there and that right. it's comfortable for people because if some you got somebody walking in off the streets, doesn't know you, doesn't know your history. Um, in my situation, I went there once, and I'm afraid that happens uh, more times than not. So there you go. There's your tip. Take that to the bank. Yeah, if you're if you're building from the ground up, if you're building a culture – the number one place you got to start. You know, what, what does Jesus say? By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another, we got to lead with love. That's got to be when somebody comes into our midst, that needs to just exude from us towards towards them, towards one another. And you you can feel that when you come into a congregation where there's there's a lot of love. If if people are are bickering if they're cold if they're if they're fake then you people see right through that they see through it and it doesn't matter if they're um it doesn't matter if they're sound charismatic it doesn't matter any if they're putting on big shows all that stuff doesn't matter no offense big show joe um all that doesn't matter if there's no love so that's you can be religious but not be righteous. Yeah, sure. Kind of thing. 
Uh, and of course, I, I kind of wish we would almost do a part two to this. I'm really, you know, well, hey, we can keep going. Yeah, well, we'll right. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe next time. But I guess I want to go back to your this article that we shared. Uh, the the number five, and I know the people listening. They, who who they, did the art? Which article is it? It's the is it the uh, Wayne Jackson article. No, it's the Tom Rainier. Uh, Dale Jenkins is he and Jeff are really big on Tom Rainier. A Rainer, I'd say Rainier, um, but he talks about number five in this article about uh, why churches die. He says the solutions are inwardly focused. You've already talked about that. I think sometimes within the church we we are afraid of saying, "Hey, we have a marketing plan, or we need a marketing plan, or we need an attack plan." And so, I guess my you said you had one tip. I guess my tip would be. To once you've accepted responsibility, I like Joe, I like Daniel's point. Let's do a let's just wipe the board clean. Let's just start fresh here with what with the resources that we have. Our buildings paid for probably, and let's you know go from there. Either bring in another preacher or how can we bring in new energy? But I think you got to look outside the building. I still go. I still struggle with the buildings in the United States of America. Meaning that I'm thankful we have them. But I just think we are so connected to them that it becomes a mindset that that's the only place all the time that the that church growth can happen. Whenever. That's where your identity is. That's your identity, and and I appreciate a storefront. You know, I'm thankful we've got a, a marketplace, so to speak, a, a business address, and a place to launch and have classes and to do things like this. But I think sometimes it almost becomes, you know, um, this is where this is the only place. You know, that, you know, people just don't come anymore. Well, no, we've got to go out and and get these folks. We've got to go out and think about holding, uh, you know, maybe a community events. You know, the you know lo- think about your local little school district. They have back-to-school bashes. Why not ask, hey, can we set up a table there? We have events on the square. Hey, can we set up a table uh, to invite, invite people, can be participate or participate in the local soup kitchen? your local jail ministry, you know, Jerry Carmichael, um, none of you, neither of you guys didn't go to Northern Kentucky with us a few years ago. I don't think, but, uh, Jerry was the minister there at Grant County church of Christ. He was sponsored by a congregation in Bowling Green. And Jerry said, well, two of the things he did when he first moved into that community, he found the local place to drink coffee and he would go and enter and, and, and talk to people. They had one funeral home in this little community. And he said, I went to the owner of the funeral home and said, hi, you know, this is my name. I'm with Grant County Church of Christ. If you ever have someone who can't afford a preacher or they need someone, call me. I'll come do that. So he just, you got to do a lot of those things to get out of the building. You know, I think, and there's tons of outreach efforts, but like you got to get out of the, you know, 65 ain't coming back anymore. You know, I, I grew up as a Boston Celtic fan and I can remember when Rick Pitino left the Boston Celtics and his press conference. And I'm not going to, you know, I do a great Coach O, but I can, I'm not going to try to do Rick Pitino. But Pitino said the Boston Celtic fan base has got to realize that Robert Parrish, Larry Bird, and Kevin McHale are not walking through those doors anymore. Mm-hmm. you got to accept that. And I think we have to accept that the, the you know, Mr. Miller's film strips aren't happening anymore. You know, so well, they're not, but there's there's other newer things. other things. Sure. You a, just gotta you got to be open. To you got to be willing to get boots on the ground, shoe leather, and sweat equity. That's what you got to do. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's more or less our our time. Yeah, and we were. At, are you going to talk any more about the BBCOC? The the what? The, the BBCOC. 
Bill Bill Church Christ. The Bill Bill Church. <laughs> no, now the Bill Bill Church Christ. They they've reorganized. They've rebranded. Oh, they're wow. they're now the BB. Oh no, the, the the Highway Ten Church Christ or something. <laughs> Harbored know. by the Highway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope that some of these ideas have have been uh, useful, and feel free to uh, <clears throat> to take or, or leave what you want to. Um, Join this conversation. We'd love to hear from you, dear listener. Uh, email us. Let us know what your thoughts are, what has worked for your congregation, what has not worked for your congregation. Uh, maybe we could share some of those things with others if we get something of, of substance back for us. Um, but thank you for being a part of of our day and for letting us be a part of your day. We want to thank the elders at the South Green Street Church of Christ for making soul training uh, possible. As always, we want to thank Alan and Big Show Joe. And I'm Daniel Gaines. So until next time, keep soul training. Got soul training. Uh-huh. Time to practice what you preach. Ooh, yeah. Yes, we do. We've got soul training. To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can write to us, P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's soul training.